Good morning, everyone. I think that was supposed to be a little bit longer, so that's all right. How's everybody doing today? It's great to see you all. Everybody doing online, thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, super excited about First Wednesday Worship and Prayer Night this week, and we haven't had one of these since, I think, March of 2020. So it's such a great uh, night. If you haven't been to one of our Worship and Prayer Nights, I encourage you to come on up. Please register online. Registration is already open, as Bryce said. And it's just going to, it's a little bit different service than what we do uh, than on the Sunday, just gathering for the express time of just worshiping God, lifting up his name, and then spending some time in prayer, which is a great thing to do as we enter into this next season. So again, registration is already open for that for this Wednesday. I just want to give you another report, empty nest report. Nicole and I, we were week two, we, we made this amazing discovery. Uh... I'm not saying any names. Nobody's up in Arizona anyway because it's 6.30. They're not awake. Um, we figured out who's eating all of the food and creating all of the dirty dishes and the laundry because there's, like, nothing happening in these areas. Not that I actually do the laundry. I carry the laundry down to where the uh, – but Nicole has expressed to me that it's, like – and I'm not saying she has to do the laundry. I'm just saying in our house she's doing the laundry, Okay. Get upset at me for that. But they did all the stuff, right? They were eating all the food. I'm not even buying anything at the grocery store, and we're still eating fine. And, you know, no dishes. So uh, I hope they're cleaning up after themselves down in Arizona because I don't know what's going on down there. They're on their own now. We've trained them, they can figure it out for themselves. All right, we are in week two of a series that we have called Refresh. And we know in this season of life, in the summer for us, um, it can get really hot outside. And if you ever go and you're playing some sports outside or you're walking your dog or whatever the case may be, you know, you try to get into the air conditioning as soon as possible. And you try to get a cold drink while you're trying to refresh yourself. And this is the same that is true for us spiritually. When we've gone through a hot and difficult season, we need to be refreshed. But thank God the Spirit of God. Who is present with us all of the time, refreshes us and helps us, renews us, revives us for what we have just come out of and then what we are going into in this next season of life. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, Nicole and I are coming out of a very specific season with our kids for like a, a couple decades, and then now we're moving into a new season of life, which we're having a lot of fun with. But again, we need to be refreshed from that season. Two decades of parenting. It's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> right? We need to be refreshed, Lord. It's been a two-decade-long journey. We need your spirit right now. See, they can't be offended. They're not even watching. They, they anytime I brought them up in messages, like, Dad, you need to pay us money if you're going to talk about this. They're not here to demand money, so it's great. I'm just going to go for it. Refresh for the season that we have just come out of and then for the season that we are all moving into. Because some of the upcoming things in the season are unknown. We don't know what's coming up in the next season of life. It might be hard. It might be difficult. There might be some struggles because that's how life is. Uh, you know, one of my Bible school instructors said you either are coming out of a battle or you need to be getting ready for one. Because that's how life is. It's, it's not flowery beds of ease. It's struggle. The story of the scripture is we are living in a broken world. 
God didn't break it. The sin of man broke it. God is not bringing evil into our lives. He is a good God. We sang about that this morning. And he helps us in every season of life. So as we read these verses last week, we're just going to read again. This is Peter preaching after the man at the beautiful gate got healed. And he says this, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then, turn to God, that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And that he may send his Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Jesus, giving the spirit of God to us, is going to refresh us. That's what we focused on last week. Just the idea that God is present in his presence. And it's not that God leaves us and he's not with us. The, the spirit of God is omnipresent. He is everywhere all the time, but he is not manifest everywhere all the time. And then a lot of times for us, we're just not thinking about God. And this is what we do the whole first part of our service. That's why we spend time worshiping God. We're reminding ourselves about who God is and what he's done. And we can lift him up and we can honor him. And then from his presence, we are refreshed. You know, we were just singing there about carrying burdens and, and, you know, when we know we need to cast our cares on the Lord. And I've spoken about that earlier this year, so I'm not going to focus on that again today. But it's so important for us as individual Christ followers followers to carry the things that we should carry and then release the things that we shouldn't. Because there's a a lot to carry in life sometimes, and then these things that are weighing us down, uh, we need a season of refreshing, but there's so many weights on our shoulders. There's so many different things happening to us. And then as we think about the presence of God, one of the things that's contained in the presence of God is the will of God knowing of God for our lives, that we should want the will of God for our lives. We should desire to do his will. But if we're carrying all of this extra stuff, if we're carrying things that we're not intended to carry, life can be really hard. And then we're, we're trying to figure out life all on our own. We're just trying to do what I can dream up for the moment, whatever is might be presented to me from the news or from culture, whatever it might be. But the best thing for us to do is to want the will of God to desire the will of God for our life, the purposes of God for our lives. And young people, let me encourage you that this is the best thing that you can ever live out for yourself is the will of God. Because a couple things here, God has created you. He knows what he's put on the inside of you. The scripture says he knows the end from the beginning. So he knows the way that you should go. He knows what is the best possible life for you to live out. And that doesn't mean life isn't going to be hard, but it means that God knows the roads that you should go down. But culture is just telling you whatever you can figure out and whatever happiness you can follow after and whatever you can dream up on the inside, that would be the best thing for you. I completely disagree. What God has for you is the best thing. God's ways are the best ways. God's purposes are the best purposes. Single people. The one that God has for you to marry is the best one. Can I get an amen, married people? 
So don't get in a rush. Don't get disappointed. We should desire the one God has for us, the person that God has for us, following after his presence. If we think about the word refresh, it means restore strength, recover your breath. And all of these things will happen in the will of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I've been noticing, and Nicole was mentioning this to me the other day, you know, I feel like people are tense. Have you noticed this? <laughs> They're tense online. They're tense on the roads. And, you know, we've, we don't have to, we live in Milton. There's not necessarily tons of bad traffic in Milton, but I've noticed varying cases of road rage. I don't know if you've seen this lately. I mean, road rage in Canada is not really that bad. It's not like, you know, in the States where there's threat of shooting and someone's going to pull off their shotgun off the back of their pickup truck or something. But people here in Canada, so it's just kind of mild-mannered road rage. I saw a couple guys a little while ago, you know, they, they had gone. There's roundabouts in Milton. Not everybody knows how to navigate the roundabouts nowadays. And I think somebody cut somebody off in the roundabout. So these two guys got out and they were just cussing at each other. I mean, they would have been canceled in about four or five domains if you had heard the words that they said. But they were open the window and got to get out my car and got to yell at each other. And then we saw somebody uh, just yesterday. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but they were, two cars were making a left turn, and I don't know if somebody didn't move fast enough. And so, you know, I don't know how long the appropriate count is if somebody doesn't move on a green arrow. It's kind of like your, your hand is on the horn. One, two, okay. I think they're looking at their phone. <laughs> I think that's what happened. And then the person in front got offended. So we were, uh, <laughs> he pulled around the corner and he stopped his car. He just stopped because he wanted to punish the other person for putting his hand on the horn. How dare you put your hand on your horn towards me? We're going to sit here on the road. So he just sat there on the road for a few seconds and nothing was happening. Like I said, Canadian road rage. It's really not that bad. And then all their cars started piling up behind them. And, you know, someone knows what's going on because this dude's just like sitting around the corner trying to punish the other guy who beeped at him. Finally, the car in front, the guy who was upset, got out. You know what he did? Canadian road rage. He went. This is the punishment for beeping at me. Canadian roads. And we're like, what is happening in the world? If people are freaking out and we got to, you know, stop on the road, we got to raise our hand at somebody. It's like everybody is just carrying too much weight. And the world isn't how people want it to be. And the same can be true for us. We can just be frustrated with how the world is and carrying all of these things because we're going to try to design how the world should be. And when the world doesn't pan out the way we want it to be and the relationship didn't work how exactly I want it to work out and then my friends deserted me and this job didn't work out and my finances aren't where they want it to be and the world itself isn't where we want it to be. All of these things can be just weights that we're carrying that could just show up. We can react. 
don't know that that's the will of God for our lives. And I feel like we should want to lean into the will of God because I really believe in the presence of God is the will of God. And that is the place of refreshing. That I'm not trying to fix everybody's problem. I'm not trying to fix everybody's stuff. I don't have to comment on everything. I don't try to have to change everybody's mind, everybody's mind about every political statement out there. That I should actually, as an individual Christ follower, as a family who's serving God, we should want to lean into the will of God. Because I don't want to waste my life on stuff that's not important. I don't want to waste my life on things that aren't the will of God for me. Sometimes this can be a really confusing subject for people. It's like, well, what is the will of God? And sometimes we over, uh, over-dramatize it and think it's some really big thing, and it's, you know, some, some really big stuff that we're supposed to be doing. But what I believe is that God actually has some things for us to do that are his will, coming out of this season and then going into the season, that I would lean in to what the will of God is for me. And this is something that we see Jesus do. And how you know if Jesus did it, we need to do it. How much more do we need to do it? That Jesus leaned into the will of God. This is Jesus' prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane before he goes to the cross. And it's such a, a great story here. Let's read it in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. So here's indicator number one for us. How do we enter into the will of God? How do I make space? How do I make time for the will of God? Not just to be frustrated like everybody else and carrying the weights like everybody else is carrying them and being frustrated at the world and being frustrated at people. But I, I want to go and I, I want to lean into the will of God, Jesus said, I'm going to go over there, I'm going to pray. He took Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here, keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed. Going a little farther. He, He took his inner circle there with him. But then Jesus took that extra step to come away with God and to spend time with God in prayer. Going, I love this, this is a great metaphor for us. Are we going to go a little farther in the will of God? Or are we just going to face everything the way everybody else faces everything and we're just going to make our choice just the way everybody else is making their choices? Or is the wisdom of God available to us through the Spirit of God? Are the ways of God available to us through the Scripture? Are we going to go a little farther? Are we going to take that next step? How life should be lived by leaning into the will of God in the presence of God? Jesus went a little farther. I'm I'm going to set a little bit extra time aside. I'm going to put some more time aside. I'm going to go a little farther. I'm going to, instead of just reading seven minutes of the scripture, I'm going to read eight. I'm going to read nine. I'm going to read ten. And and it's not out of competition or religious duty. I just want to go deeper into what God has for me. 
know, God, you want to refresh me for what I just came out of, and then you are preparing me for what's coming. And this is what's happening with Jesus, that God is preparing him to go to the cross, to prepare him for his assignment. Jesus had a very unique assignment, don't you think? God's not going to call us to go to the cross to die for the sins of humanity. Jesus had a very specific call, which is a difficult call, more difficult call than we will face, thank God. But this is an example for us. And Jesus went a little farther. He fell on his face to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will, desiring the will of God. A lot of frustrated Christians out there that have mistaken their will and their desires for the will of God. And then they have a plan, and then that plan doesn't come to fruition, and then they're mad at God. And to me, this is really strange. Well, this is, what, this is what I thought was going to happen. This is what I thought was. How many know that our, our wisdom is, is limited? How we can see things working out is very limited. But here, Jesus is saying, not what I will, but what you will. God, I'm desiring your will for my life. Verse 40, then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Can you men keep watch with me one hour, he asked Peter. Then maybe this is us. Maybe we could just be sleeping on the will of God. Jesus went farther, pressed into the will of God, and he came back. And his inner circle, the power team of the disciples, asleep. I don't want to sleep on the will of God. I want to know what the plans and purposes that God has for my life. What is the things that he is wanting me to do? Verse 41, watch and pray so you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. And what is Jesus talking about? Doing the will of God. The specific purpose that God had for Jesus. And he came back again and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went again once more, prayed the third time, saying the same thing. What was that? Nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. God, I want your kingdom to come. I want your ways. I want your thoughts. This is what Jesus is leaning into. And he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So I have a couple questions for you this morning to think about. What if I brought all of myself to the will of God? Every area of my life, every decision, all of who I am, all of what I'm doing. What if I brought all of myself to God and I held nothing back? No area, no corner. Nothing to do with my attitude. God, you're open to speak to my attitudes. God, you're open to speak to my actions. Brought all of ourselves to the will of God. This is what Jesus did. 
surrendering ourselves to the will of God. Now, like I said, we sometimes we make this so dramatic. And sometimes we miss out because we're, we're looking for the will of God to be something spectacular, and then we miss the supernatural things that God wants to do in our lives every day. And I think the not saying those amazing things can happen and those amazing things will happen, but they'll happen in the faithfulness of doing things every day. And then God from that will do amazing things. And what are the everyday things that God is calling us to? What if we brought all of ourselves to the will of God, to being a really good dad? Because that is the will of God for you dads in the room is to be a God-honoring, God-fearing dad, raising up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's a call. That's a divine call. That's the divine will of God for you, dad. Moms, same thing. God has a will of God for you right now with your children in this season, regardless of what age they are. And we're trying to figure out now what is our role through FaceTime. We need grace. And if you've got babies, you need grace. And if you've got one-year-olds, you need grace. If you have two-year-olds, you need extra grace. But this is a divine call. Husbands, wives, friends. God is calling you to be a really good friend to your friends. God has will of God for you to say and to act in the context of your relationships. Employers, employees, this is a call from God. The season that you are in, are you working as unto the Lord? Or are you just trying to be called to be a missionary to Mars? Saying Mars, just, I don't know where the places we go on the earth anymore. That's amazing that no one's been there. But see, it's in all of these small things that we're working out the will of God. It's not some big dramatic thing that God, the will, that God is calling me to all this business. Okay, are you loving your spouse? Are you being a really good employer? Are you, are you, are you being a God-honoring employee? The will of God is not all about changing geography. See, these are the most these the dramatic things that we see in the Christian world. Like, oh my gosh, they're following the call. Okay, but are you loving your friends? Are we doing the known will of God? things that we already have revealed from the scripture, the things that God is calling us to do, the stuff that we get no glory for, the stuff that's not post-worthy on Instagram, like, hey, I was a really good friend today, this person who's struggling. again today for my family for the 7,000th time. It's 
See, these are the things that God has called us, surrendering our will to the will of God. And when we do the will of God, we'll be refreshed, ceasing from our striving. Ceasing from trying to make the world a perfect place, wishing that the world was a perfect place, longing for the news to sound different, as opposed to saying, God, what is your will for me today in this moment? That's way more refreshing. It's way more empowering than trying to fix the broken world with your thoughts. Let's have an open hand to do the will of God. See, God will actually call us to do hard things. God called Abraham, and the place that he called him to, he showed up there, and there was a, it was a desert, it was a drought. And then right away he thought, well, man, i got to go somewhere else. No, but God calls you to the drought because he actually wants you to change the drought. God calls you to the hard place of parenting because he actually wants you to raise up godly children. God calls you to the hard place of marriage so that you can actually learn how selfish you really are. You know, single people, if I just get married, all of my problems will be solved.
season, God provides us the ability to do his will. We got three things here for you, and then we're going to be finished here in a few moments. God provides strength for this time, grace for this season, and wisdom for the plan. So if you're taking notes, you can write those things down. I'll say them again. In this season, wherever you are, whether you're on the mountaintop of victory or you're in the valley of difficulty, God provides strength for this time, grace for the season, and wisdom for the plan. And all of this is made available to us in the place of surrender. If we're just going through life in our own strength, we're going to find ourselves road raging and lifting our hand into the out of frustration. Strength for this time. Listen to these verses. First Chronicles 16, verse 11. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek the Lord and his strength. Why? Because ours comes to an end. God's never does. So what do we do? We seek him continually. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Isaiah 40, verse 29. He gives power. And to him who has no might, man, he increases our strength. He's increasing our strength in this season. For this season. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So we should never look out on the day and think to ourselves, I can't do this. We're saying the wrong things. We're looking to the wrong place. We're like, I can't do this. You're right, you can, but in the power of God's strength, you can. We can face another day because in the will of God, in the presence of God, is strength, refreshed to do his will. Number two, grace for the season. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And I love the Apostle Paul writing this letter because he knew about hardship. Going out and planting all of these churches, all these things he was doing, all of these cities, there was always revival. And there was always riot. People loved that he was planting churches, and people hated that he was planting churches. He came against it. Verse 7, so keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, the Apostle Paul says, a messenger of Satan, not from God. The enemy came to harass him blow after blow. That's what that means. Verse 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, God says, is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ might rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with the weakness, insults, hardship, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Not in my own strength, in the strength that God gives. So 
when you get up for the day, there's stuff to do, and there's stuff to accomplish. To do the will of God, you are not doing it on your own. The weakness that you feel in your flesh is the place for you to say, in the place of my weakness, that's where God's strength rests. And that's the place of humility. That's the place of yieldedness to him. I'm a candidate. If I feel like I'm not enough, that's the perfect place for God's power to show up. And I'm going to do his will today. God, I plan to do your will today. I thank you for your strength, and I thank you for your grace. Number three, wisdom for the plan. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, fear the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear the Lord. What does that mean? It doesn't mean to cower and be afraid. It means to reverence Him. Honor God. That I put my trust in Him. And from that place is a place of wisdom. Wisdom for what? To do the will of Verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. The words to say, the wisdom and the insight for the moment that we are in. God, I long to do your will. This should be our desire. We should be like Jesus. We should be the ones who are going a little bit farther. We should be the ones that are being, you know what, I'm going to set some more time aside for prayer and for the word of God. Because God, I want to do your will in this season. Last verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. This should be an encouragement for us. The things that you're facing are the things that people face. Don't lie to yourself and tell you yourself that your problems are special or harder than everybody else's. Your, your stuff that you face is the stuff that people face. In other words, this is common to man. This is what people go through. Jesus said we we're going to have uh, difficulty, that we we're going to have struggles in life. Not that God is providing the struggles. God is not against you. God is for you. God is providing the strength. God is providing the grace. And God is providing the wisdom. What is he providing the wisdom for? That he would not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. You can endure this season. You can do it. You can endure this season. You can do it. Why can we do it? Because of us? No, because of the strength of God, the grace of God, the wisdom of God. <coughs> God is providing me the way of escape. In other words, the way through this season. He's helping me navigate it. So I'm not staring at the problems. I'm looking to God. God, I know that you're 
providing me a way of escape, but you are providing me your wisdom. That is what I desire. And like Jesus, I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to press into your wisdom. In all of this, we are refreshed. We are renewed. We are revived by his strength, his grace, and his wisdom.
I can know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's congratulate those that did that today. Hey, if you are in the room and that's the first time that you pray that prayer, we want to help you with some resources. Like I said, this is just not a moment in time uh, where you prayed a magic prayer or something, but it actually has to do with journey a journey of following Jesus. And we have some resources that we would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. So those resources are there at the info desk in our lobby. So if you uh, want those, you can go pick those up. If you are watching us online, we would love to get those same resources into your hand. There's a spot in the chat to press request prayer, and one of our team members would love to connect with you so that we can send you those same materials. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to church today, and thank you for joining us online. Remember, worship and prayer night is this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Registration is already open, so if you want to come back on Wednesday night for that, please register before we come. Before you come, thank you for coming to church today. Have a great afternoon. You are dismissed.